The last, very last sentence of this reading today really caught my attention. It says, Look on us, we pray, for we are your people. Look on us. The word is we pray, but in the Hebrew, it's almost like please or even now. Look on us now, for we are your people. As I, as I really took that to heart, I was realizing the boldness in which the people of God are coming before their creator. Isaiah, Isaiah is telling God, speaking on behalf of the people, look at us right now. We are your people. There is a, a daring approach to God right here. It's bold. Usually when I consider the human plight before God, I more imagined a, a humble posture, a Lord, I'm, I'm coming and, and you know, I'm, I'm coming humbly to bow before you. That's not what we're finding right here in these words. These words are direct. They are bold. They're audacious. <laughs> Lord, look now. I beseech you, look. Because, and what is the reason? We are your people. Again, very bold. Very bold to to tell God or to remind God. <laughs> remember? Remember you have called us your people? Remember God. As this, as this scripture I said before is written for people in exile, you can hear that all throughout these, these, this part of Isaiah, which starts in the previous chapter and goes through this chapter. It's what we call a lament, a lament. There are many psalms in our Bible that are called psalms of lament. In fact, the psalms of lament dominate. That theme of lament dominates all of the psalms. There are more psalms of lament than, than not. But the word psalm in Hebrew means praises. The actual word means praises. So it's ironic that this book in the Bible we call the psalms are called praises, but rather lament is what dominates that, that selection of prayers or songs to God. Lament is at times something that we want to avoid. And I think many times in the church, we, we, we want to put on that good face. We want to come before God and just, and just be happy. But if we take the Bible seriously, which we try and do around here, if we take scripture seriously, then in our praises, there is also lament. And in fact, I think there is only praise for some people on the other side of lament. Why is this? We find these people here in exile. And they could have, in the evenings, just sat around and held hands and sang kumbaya and, and prayed all the words of hope that things are going to be okay. But instead, they model something for you today. These people sat down and for entire chapters of their time in exile and entire songs they wrote in these, this book of Psalms that we have in scripture, the poetry that they were creating, they were honest with their negative emotions. They were honest with the ways in which they wished things were different. 
Take a moment right now. Take a moment. Think of at least three things that right now you wish were different or three things that you are that you think should be different. Three things that you are either angry about or frustrated about that's happening right now in your life or the world. Okay? Three things. Think about it. It's actually not that hard. Unless you're not being honest with yourself. If you're honest with yourself, it's not that hard. There are three quick things we could all write down. Something we wish was different in our life that we're frustrated about or in the world. What we see here in Isaiah and what you see in many of the Psalms of Lament is that instead of ignoring what's wrong and pretending like as Christians, we can just think things are going to be okay because we have Jesus. Rather, the scriptures point to us and, and encourage you to be honest and real with where you are frustrated about this world and your life and actually bring that with you as a first step in your relationship with your Father in heaven. As your first step in coming to God, there's this invitation to be who you really are. There's this invitation to be honest before the Lord that God does not wish you to come to him and have to put on a good face, but rather God wishes that you would come to him and just be where you're at. Listen to some of the things that the psalmists say, some of the themes. If you went to verse 2 of the 22nd Psalm, you would hear this plight of feeling abandoned. The psalmist says, I feel abandoned, God. Also again in the 8th Psalm in verse 14, this idea that we have been abandoned is raised. In the 44th Psalm, verses 21 through 24, the theme comes up as if God were asleep on the job, as if, as if the Lord isn't present when we needed him. In fact, in the 13th verse of the 39th Psalm, you hear, you hear the, the one in prayer actually, actually pushing God away, saying kind of like, leave me alone. Like you go, sometimes you can see a child go into their room and slam the door and say, leave me alone. <laughs> in the sixth Psalm, in the verses five and six, first we hear the one praying, reminding God that we have been chosen by God, that we have what's called a covenant or a, the hesed of God, that God had chose us to, to love us and to take care of us. And the psalmist is trying to remind God in the midst of 2020, in the midst of the, the sourness of life for many people right now, the psalmist is reminding God, but you promised to always be taking care of us. And in the last part of that Psalm 6, 5, and 6, there's even, there's even an, a pushing against God to say that if I go down into death, then I can't sing your praises. And isn't that what this is supposed to be about? You're not going to be able to hear people praising your name if I'm no longer around. Look how brutally honest and bold Scripture is. And 119 in verse 83, you also can see the strong imagery of people coming before God and, and being, being real with where they're at. The words here are like, I am like a skin bottle 
in the smoke. I'm dry, the psalmist is saying. I, I feel dry. I feel cracked. I feel like I'm leaking. I feel like I'm disposable. If we were going to come before the Lord as people in the history recorded in scripture, as the model is for us to come before the Lord, then it's going to mean that you can be honest and not only that you can, but that you should be honest with where you're at right now. Be honest with, with the lament in your life. Now, almost inevitably, once these people in scripture brutally come before the Lord in their honesty, sometimes accusing God, sometimes asking God why he, they don't feel his presence, coming before God describing how frail they feel or how weak they feel, or how helpless they feel, inevitably, except for one or two occasions, the person that's speaking to God also models for us faith and begins to say, even though I feel weak, I will praise you. And even though I feel weak, frail, even though it's 2020, I'm still going to hope that you are going to make all things new. And that's perhaps one of the greatest expressions of faith that we have, that even in the midst of the darkness, that we proclaim our belief or our faith that the good is coming. Here in our reading today, this is where it ends, right? We just said this a second ago. Yet, so after all the lament, after coming before God and saying, yes, I know we're not perfect. And at the same time, I don't understand where you're at. I don't understand why all this is happening. Yet, verse eight, you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. <laughs> oh, look on us, we pray. For we are all your people. When we come before the Lord, as we see modeled in scriptures, the people come with their honest position, but then that honesty also is one of faith in which even though the circumstances we're in have not changed, we believe, we believe that God is bringing us into a goodness that we cannot yet see. And all those Psalms of lament right here in Isaiah, nothing has actually changed in their life except the way that they see what's happening in their life. Coming before the Lord honestly with where you're at, with your frustrations, with your even your angers or your frustrations with God, this will also allow us to access that space in which our own perspective of what we're living changes. That's perhaps the most amazing thing about scriptures is that all these psalmists and all these people of God are constantly feeling like the world is against them. In this case, in Isaiah, the world is literally against them. They've been conquered and they've been taken into exile. And for us here in 2020, we often feel like there are many things that are going against our life. But in all of these moments in which these, these people of God then turned to praise and into hope, 
they never actually saw that change happening in their life in the moment. And yet they talk as if it had already changed. They turn into this way of speaking in which they are already believe they already see it as if it has already been happening, that things have turned for them for good, that the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, their father, they are reminding God, that the father has helped them and brought them back. Do you have that type of relationship with God that you can come before him and you can pour out your heart and say, I am frustrated about this and this and this and this. I don't see your presence in this and this and this. In fact, I'm angry about a few of this. Is that the type of relationship that you are right now cultivating with God? When's the last time you came to God and, and honestly poured out your heart? Or do you feel as if you need to put the makeup on <laughs> before you come to the prayer? Do you feel like you need to put a nice church shirt on before you come to God in prayer? No, it's not the model. My encouragement as we enter into Advent is that we join with the voices of Scripture and see what it's like in your own life to come to God today. Come to God today and say, look, I have this in my life that I do not understand, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this anymore. I am lamenting. I'm frustrated. I'm even angry about some things that are happening. And be honest with that. I'm not telling you to do this. Scripture is telling you this is what we have modeled in our prayer books. And right here in Isaiah, as the people are in exile. And there is something that the Lord will do for you if you're honest with him. There is some ministry that the Holy Spirit does in your life when you come before God and, and are honest. You open yourself up. When you're being vulnerable, you open yourself up. Even, you see, if you don't come before the Lord with your frustrations and they're kind of just bottled up, you're never coming before the Lord and being honest. You're never being vulnerable. You're never opening yourself up. And of course, of course, you're never going to feel that relationship between yourself and your Father in heaven. Because you've closed yourself up in some way to that person. If, if Christy and I, let's say that we had uh, something brewing between us and that neither of us are willing to address, what does that do to our marriage? Over time, if there's a certain conversation that we're just never willing to have, eventually it just means we grow distant and, and further and further apart. That intimacy, that, that vulnerability, that open communication is key for any relationship as it is with our living Father in heaven. Come before the Lord. Advent is a season of preparation. We start today the new year. We start today the season in which we remember that Jesus did come. But it's preparing our hearts as Christians for celebrating this birth of Christ and in this season, in this preparation, we want to take steps into, into probing that relationship. And it starts today with being honest with, with what you're thinking. Be honest with your emotions. There's absolutely no sense. There's no sense in you neglecting part of yourself when you come before the Lord. What is that thing that happened a few years ago? that you're still frustrated about or that you still don't understand, 
that makes you question the goodness of God? What's that thing that probably you haven't even thought about in the context of prayer because maybe you're guarding God. <laughs> you're trying to protect God from your anger or from your frustration. Look, God can handle it. God can handle it. In fact, he wants it. He wants you to come before him today. He wants you to sit down with him and he wants to hear it. Pour out your heart. Start Advent this year being brutally honest with God. This is what he wants. This is what he wants to see from us. If you're honest with God, he'll also begin to be fully honest with you. And the words that we get back from God is that I hear your pain. Not only do I hear your pain, but I was born into this world, into your frail, dry human skin. I lived the life of brokenness that you are describing to me now. I was born in a manger to come and to fully identify, to fully be with you. So yes, bring all your frustration to me, bring your anger to me, and we can carry it together. Today, be honest with where you're at with God. Frustrations, your angers about this world, your questions about where God has been, where God is now. Today, start your Advent journey by being brutally honest with God. And in your vulnerability, in your openness, may we find, may we find that living relationship with God. Lord, we pray today that as we are brutally honest, honest with you, that as we enter into the scriptures and, and express our feelings of either abandonment or that you're asleep, asking you at times to go away, urging you to make good on your promises of covenant, warning you that in my death that you, there are no ways for me to praise you. Lord, you, you hear us as we talk about swimming in our tears. We talk about feeling like the, the plow is going down our backs or feeling like we're a skin bottle in the smoke. Lord, hear our prayers. I ask that you would give us, as a community of faith, you would give us the courage to come before you and be real with what we're thinking and real with how we're feeling. Not today, Lord, will we will we come before you and, and hold back, but rather you, you're calling us now, Lord. You're calling us now, Lord, to open up completely and to be honest with you. Lord, we begin this Advent season, this, this season of preparation for your coming. We begin by first taking our step of openness. Lord, we know that you are big enough to hold any accusation that we would bring. Lord, we know that you are filled with grace for us, and so we need not fear. Allow us to come to you again, Lord, with our the fire of our frustration or with the tears of our lament. Lord, 
Ultimately, Lord, we want to be real with you because we know that in the birth of your son, Jesus, you were real with us, that you came and you took on the form even of our human frailty to be born as a baby. You went all the way to connect yourself with us. So, Lord, in our thanksgiving, in our responsibility, Lord, give us the grace once more to enter into that relationship and to be vulnerable with you. May not one thought or one emotion be held from you today, but we open ourselves up. We begin this Advent journey, Lord, focused on you. Lord, help us feel that, that two-sided relationship that we have. Yet you, Lord, are Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Amen. <laughs>